Um, hi everyone, welcome to Making the Switch with The Legal Work. I'm super excited about this episode today um, and I'm super excited about our guest uh, because she is literally the poster child for what this whole podcast is about. She is so on brand, she is so on target and I think there's a lot uh, that you can all learn from her. So my guest today is Busani Zatla. Busani and I met at uh, University of Pretoria. We both did a BCom Law and an LLB. And uh, post that, uh, Busani went to work for Edward Nathan Sonnenberg or ENS for four and a half years. Um, and after leaving ENS, she went to work at um, some startups for about two years. After that, Musani took on the task of going to study international and she went to Scotland and studied at um, the University of Edinburgh in uh, Africa and international development. Um, after her studies, uh, Musani went on to work for a corporate uh, for one year in the mining industry and now Musani is doing her pupillage. She is answering the call to the bar. Musani, welcome to Making the Shift of the Legal Work. Hello, Belinda. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're, it's such a pleasure to have you. We're so happy to have you um, to chat to us about your journey. And I'm really looking um, forward to the conversation. So let's get into it. Um, what, made, what motivated you to make the switch from being um, a lawyer or traditional in the traditional sense to making the shift to uh, begin um, your pupillage journey to become an advocate? So the idea of becoming an advocate isn't something that I planned from the beginning. It wasn't part of my initial plan, at least. And um, when I decided to become an attorney, that was my, my goal. And that's all I would ever be. And that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to become a partner in a big firm. Um, but as you grow up, as you become exposed to different um, areas of law, different ways of doing law, different types of lawyers, as you uh, explore your own talents and become familiar with what you're good at, what you enjoy, um, then you start to question and think, oh shucks, what else is out there? What more um, could I be doing or should I be doing? And so becoming an advocate or my dream to become an advocate is one that started mid my career. And the biggest thing for me um, that called me to the bar is actually threefold. I'd say the first is the flexibility and independence that it offers. I think our profession is quite a rigid one as lawyers. And uh, depending on where you, you are able to lawyer or where you are practicing as a lawyer, it can feel quite like a constrained or constricting profession. Um, and so, you know, what the bar offers um, is flexibility and independence and autonomy. And that's what I want for my life and for my career ultimately. So that's the biggest pool. I said threefold. So the second pool was the nature of the work that advocates do. Um, I enjoy research. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy uh, analyzing and pulling problems apart and solving complex issues. And if that gets to be my daily task, I think I, um, I, 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 I will have hit the jackpot. And so um, because that's what this profession offers, that um, is what I decided to pursue. And the third thing is um, the collegiality that exists at the bar. 
having interacted with different advocates over the years and um, having known some in my own personal spaces, uh, you know, the, the nature of personalities that exist at the bar um, was also quite an attractive uh, perspective for me. And um, that also called me. So yeah, a, a whole lot, a lot of factors mm-hmm. and all of them just came together and just made sense for me. That is such a great answer. I think you touched on so many things. Um, you know, as, as careers develop and as uh, they shift and as more and more sort of employers and, and um, people involved in hiring and, you know, developing people, the key thing that keeps coming up is identifying the things that somebody is good at and then, you know, working on, on those things, developing those things instead of looking at maybe an area where they need development in, right? So, you know, when you speak about the point of um, you love research, you love picking apart complex problems, you love to use your voice. I think that is so spot on and it, 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 you, it's things that you're already good at and all you need to do is just hone in those skills and you know sharpen them even more. And I think uh, the choice that you've made is going to allow you to be able to do that so easily. And so, you know, given that you have made quite a few transitions in your career, going from, from you know, the rigidity of uh, being uh, at a law firm to, you know, like the sh- uh, sharp uh, learning curves at a startup, and then from there going back into corporate and then going into pupillage. Uh, walk us through like your transition and how your like uh, along the way and how, um, what support did you lean on, you know, be it community or family or professional colleagues? So my period of transition um, is wasn't is, isn't a one-time event. Mm. <laughs> I've been transitioning for five years. Um, uh, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I had a single plan, and that was to become a partner in a big firm. That for me was the ultimate dream. Um, and when I started to question that dream, then it became as if I was questioning my very identity. And so, and this was also in a period in your 20s, you know, in your 20s, um, you're discovering who you are, you're discovering what you like, um, you know, not only professionally, but also personally. And so it was, it, 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 it was a, a big time of transition and kind of reimagining who it is that I want to be and what I ultimately deem um, a successful life. Mm. And, um, so when I decided to kind of dis, uh, explore and see what else was out there, that was about five years ago. And so, like I say, for I think for about a period of five years, I've been transitioning. Mm-hmm. And um, my transition or my transitions um, have been about trying to find a proper fit for me. Um, you, my, my, my philosophy for myself, at least, is you don't know until you try or you, you won't know until you have tried. And so how will I know what I like unless I've tried it? That's why I've gone to a law firm. That's why I've gone to corporate. That's why I became a student. That's why I went to work for a very tiny startup. So very different environments that have revealed to me who I am and, and, and what I like. And in, in, in each of these transitions, um, you know, I have looked up um, to different people I have asked specific people to mentor me, but um, you know I have one mentorship relationship that I would say is is is, a, is an enduring one. Um, it's a lady who I met when I first started my articles way back in 2011, and she was a senior associate at the same firm, 
And, she, you know, now as, as we're talking about it, I actually start to realize what a big impact she's had on my life and career. It wasn't a mentor that I sought out. I think in, in a lot of a lot of times we go and seek out a specific person and say, I want you to mentor me. And we use those words. Um, this was a relationship that developed um, organically. And so she became such a big um, uh, support for me um, throughout my transitions and my career. And uh, my support system has also come from uh, relationships that I formed um, when I first started working. When you uh, are, you know, hitting your head against walls and you are um, falling flat on your face, having people who are going through the exact same thing at the exact same time as you really, really does help you. And so I leaned a lot on uh, my colleagues, my peers and friends of mine who were also going through the same thing, um, both at the start of my career and even now, we all go through, we've all been going through these periods of transition and we're all now entering our 30s and are kind of finding our feet. Um, or have found our feet. And so having those sorts of people who understand your struggles and who are going through them at the exact same time as you, huge support system. That's, that who, that's who I would say um, has been my community. That is so awesome. Um, I love that you touched on mentorship and um, what that has been for you, what role that has played in terms of your your growth and your development. Um, I also wanted to ask you, you know, now that you are in a new space um, in, you know, as you started your pupillage, what is the one thing that you wish you knew going in? If there is um, any. Shucks. I think I wish I knew that I should have done this sooner. <laughs> um, but I would have certainly started saving money before then. So, I mean, I've, you know, pupillage is unpaid. And, um, you know, when I took the decision to, to finally go and do it, I took it um, quite late. And so I hadn't um, saved up, um, you know, enough money for, to ensure that my year of pupillage would be a comfortable year, at least not having to worry about um, all the financial stress that comes with it. So if there was one thing I wish I knew is that this is actually what I want to do and I would have started saving sooner. Got you, got you. And, you know, on that note, um, seeing as you're speaking about uh, what you wish you knew going in, uh, what advice would you give to someone who's considering making a similar transition and going to the bar just like you did? I Outside of maybe finances. Do it. I say do it, do it, do it. Um, I think the prospect of going to the bar is an intimidating prospect. Mm. Um, it's intimidating for a number of reasons. You know, I've mentioned the, the one year of, of, of not being paid. Um, but then after that, you know, the tensions and the stresses that come with how will I build a practice? Will I build a successful practice? Um, you know, how will I get my name out there? Those sorts of things. Those, those are things that um, hold a lot of people back from taking the lead. There are a lot of people who actually want to do this. But, um, you know, those questions make them kind of step back and, and not do it. I say, if you want to do this, take the leap, um, take the plunge and start. Well, don't, don't, don't start like me, rather save and then start. <laughs> save, save, save. That, that's my biggest um, uh, piece of advice is, is if you know that this is what you want to try, save so that you can um, look after yourself for a year. Mm -hmm. But I say, absolutely 
go for it. Awesome. And uh, in terms of, of you thinking about building your practice and also, you know, given that you, you, there are financial constraints, um, are you using technology to make your lifestyle easier or better? And if so, can you give us any examples? So, you know, we're living now in the time of Zoom and Skype and FaceTime because of the coronavirus, but is there, are there other tools or hacks that you're using currently to, to help make your urine pupillage easier or you know things that you're thinking about in the long term about how you're going to build your practice um, through some technological tool or advancement sure definitely um so i mean this is a very research heavy or really research intensive um profession Mm. so you know, gone are the days where you need a library from floor to wall. It might look good, but you don't actually need it. Um, and so I'm very thankful for, um, you know, online resources that are available. And even now in this time of coronavirus, I can't just go to the library and pick out a book. Um, I am able to find things on the net. So that's, you know, kind of from a professional perspective. And also, um in, in terms of building my own practice and how I would like that to look in the 21st century, um, the coronavirus has really presented an opportunity um, to do things in a new way. So even though you as a practitioner would want to do things in a particular way, hold your conferences via Zoom, um, you know, do pre-trial conferences via Zoom, those sorts of things, um, in the past maybe you would have been um, you, you know, your clients or your colleagues might have been ambivalent, but now that everyone is forced to use it, it now introduces um, a new way of doing things in the, in the post-COVID world. And, um, you know, now you won't need to go and take a flight to Cape Town to go meet a client for a consult. You can do it via Zoom. And um, even though you might have been comfortable with it, um, you know, prior to this COVID-19 happening, um, now that everyone else is forced to do it, um, they will not become comfortable with it. So, you know, if I want to propose that, I know that my clients or um, my colleagues um, may be more amenable um, to using technologies like that. But even, you know, technology is also such an amazing thing. I was speaking to to someone that I know, um, you know, that, uh, you know, we, we uh, record uh, when you work here on a matter, you record the number of hours that you work. And if you're like me and you have a little bit of a scatterbrain, you need a little, a little organization. And um, apps have become so handy in doing um, things in more organized and systematic way. So when I first started out um, in my career, if I was doing a matter or working on a matter, I would record what I'm doing on a piece on scrap pieces of paper that I would then lose. And then when it's time to <laughs> account for my time, I don't know where I've put all my scrap pieces of paper. So having apps that you can um, record amounts of time that you're working and that sort of thing, it's so, so helpful. And um, also, you know, in pupillage where you definitely don't have a PA or someone to assist you in keeping your diary, um, having apps that um, perform that function really does uh, make your life easier. So, um, no, I'm I'm so excited to see uh, how, you know, practice will look um, when we come out of this pandemic and um, things that will become more acceptable and ways of doing things that will become more acceptable um, purely because te- the technology exists and we now um, are embracing it in our profession. 
That is so awesome. And I feel you so much on the whole, the archaic system of writing things down on a scrap piece of paper. I would always lose them. And then, you know, I, I just couldn't get into the habit of recording my time and I'd get uh, lynched <laughs> by my, my <laughs> associates and partners to be like, record your time. And I wish at that time we had like way more um, practical tools like and solutions to help get that right and also because half your time especially as a junior attorney would get written off I think I wouldn't see the value in it but I think where from where you're sitting mm -hmm. it's a completely different lens and so you know you you appreciate you know the importance of doing it at a whole new level so I'm glad that you know technology is definitely yeah and then um, we encourage vulnerability here at the legal work. It's a safe space. And we, we really, um, we feel like iron sharpens iron and where mistakes have been made, you know, someone else can, can learn from that. I, I remember from my own experience uh, in-house and in practice, when I'd make a mistake, I literally felt like the walls of Jericho were caving in around me. And I, you know, I'd have heart palpitations. I wouldn't be able to sleep. And if I had known that, you know, this mistake is not unique, there's somebody else who did something similar, maybe a few weeks ago, you know, it, it gives you so much more comfort that you're not a failure and, you know, you're not the worst attorney or legal professional ever. But um, can you share one of your hardest moments where you failed or you doubted yourself uh, along this journey and what practices uh, you have adopted to help you overcome these challenges whether it's in your current role as in pupillage or whether it's in your previous life at ENS or during your startup um, mission let us know oh geez so many mistakes have been made so so many um, <laughs> Uh, but one that uh, stands out, um, I remember when I had just come back from start, uh, from studying and um, I had just begun working for this company and um, they were in a big period of transition and there were transactions happening that felt bigger than me um, and I was the only legal person. And so um, there's a lot of responsibility that falls on you and you're literally a month old in the company and there's these complex agreements that you're having to understand and make sure that, um, you know, whatever has been uh, agreed upon is now being implemented. Um, and so I remember we had uh, um, one agreement that required me to, um, to do something and I had missed that. And it felt like... The world, my world was about to fall apart and I didn't know um, what I was going to do. And I thought this company is going to go under because I've made this one little tiny mistake. But in my head, that mistake was huge. Um, and um, I just calmed down and I phoned someone and I told him that, oh my gosh, this is what I've missed. And it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's a huge mistake. And, you know, the world's going to end now. And this person just calmed me down and just gave me perspective. And uh, made me realize that, listen, mistakes happen. Um, <laughs> you are not the first person to make mistakes. And you're certainly not important enough to um, have made such a mistake that would make a company started in the 30s crumble. In, <laughs> in <an instant. laughs> so having gained that perspective, I went and spoke to my boss and said, look, this is, um, this is the situation. And he just very calmly looked at me and said, Mistakes happen. Is it fixable? Have you thought of a solution? And I said, yes. And he says, go and fix it and implement that solution. And that was such a 
oh, such a moment of grace um, from a, a, a person who is in a senior position, um, who didn't make a big deal out of having um, made a mistake. And, um, you know, that person uh, giving you the space to then go and um, find solutions and implement them. Um, not talking about it, I'm actually just getting goosebumps. Just having that, having someone like that, um, really just, yo, I, I, it, it, it um, was such a, a confidence boosting moment. And even now I carry that confidence purely that one conversation and that one moment of, um, uh, of, of grace from, from my former um, um, employer. And um, that taught me two things. Number one, speak to other people. When, when you've done something or you think you've done something that's huge, speak to other people they give you perspective um and you realize oh, okay it's not that major that it's not that big a deal but over and above that um uh, it, it 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 just calms you down and um helps you find ways to do things differently so my tool that i've now taken from that is if i'm struggling with something or um you know if 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 something is um feels bigger than what I can handle, I've learned to just speak up and say, uh, this is the situation. I don't know how to deal with it, or this is the situation. Help me. Um, just speak up and ask for help. That is such a good point. It's so true because I think, you know, we all, we've all been there where this tiny problem just becomes magnified in your mind. And, you know, literally having someone senior just talk you through it, calm you down, give you perspective, and even, you know, to ask you, so have you thought of a solution so that they put the control back in your hands so that you can have the confidence to go back out there and fix it and, you know, uh, it's so, so, so important. And um, I really wish that everybody would have that experience. I think most of us uh, still have the scars from being in practice where you'd make a mistake and it was just this calamitous thing. And, you know, and then everyone moved on the next day as if nothing really happened. But it's whereas it stayed with you and, you know, it builds this fear and this panic and this, um, you know, basically it centers around a fear to fail. And it's through failing and making mistakes that we actually learn so much more and so much better. And, you know, once we've made that mistake, you never repeat it again. So that is awesome. And on that note, I wanted to ask you, uh, what would your younger self be most proud of right now? So that girl sitting at Tux, not knowing what the future holds, if she, if, if, if she could see you now, what would she be proud of? Sure, my younger self would be like, girl, you are so brave. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think, I think my younger self would, um, would definitely be proud of my having been brave enough to try things. Um, my having been brave enough to, to just go even where there's no plan or um, where it kind of feels like it doesn't make sense. You just go be brave and do it. So, yeah, I think that's what she'd be proudest of. That is so awesome. Um, Busani, we're going to enter our rapid fire round. So you, are, you aren't prepared for these questions. So, yeah, so <laughs> I'm just going to shoot and say the first thing that comes to your mind. So uh, what is the one thing you would want to change about the legal industry? Sure, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> 
wants a change about the legal industry is briefing patterns. Oh, wow. I will, I will definitely get into that. Um, what do you mean by that? Just for, for the benefit of our listeners. Um, I think, you know, a, a lot of people brief people who they have worked with before. Right. They, um, are comfortable with who they know from their own social circles and settings and so um it 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 does um prove to be a challenge for younger up-and-coming practitioners who might not be from the same schools or backgrounds and um circles and 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 so if we could um you know work on how we uh, address our briefing patterns to allow um, young and upcoming lawyers to also, you know, be exposed to um, big, interesting matters and and that to develop their skills. And that would be pretty amazing to see. That would be so amazing. And that's a brilliant answer. Uh, next rapid fire question. What is your go-to power outfit? My go-to power <laughs> <laughs> Pencil skirt and a really uh, crisp shirt. Nice. And what what is your biggest email pet peeve? <laughs> Reply all. <laughs> and what is your most used emoji? Smiley face. <laughs> okay, here's another one. I can't stop spending money on fill in the blank. Coffee. <laughs> and at the top of my playlist is name a song or an artist Beyonce's Countdown yes and living through a pandemic has taught me fill in the blank I need sunshine <laughs> That is brilliant. Those answers were so, so, so awesome. And then our final question, um, Gusani, for anybody who's listening and would like to catch up with you or see what you're up to or keep up with uh, everything that's going on with you, where can people find you? Are you on the you gram? Find me? Oh, yes, I'm on the gram. I am on the gram and I'm on LinkedIn. On the gram, uh, it's at it's Busani, I-T-S-B-U-S-A-N-I. And then on LinkedIn, it's Busani Lada. That's B-U-S-A-N-I-D-H-L-A-D-H-L-A. Perfect. Busani, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you. Um, um, this has just been such a wonderful conversation. And I, I am pretty sure our audience is going to gain so much from listening to this. So thank you so, so much for availing yourself and making the time to speak to me. Thank you for having me, Belinda. I enjoyed the conversation. Too. You are so welcome. Thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode of Make the Shift with the Legal Work. We look forward to hearing from you and we would absolutely love your feedback on this episode. You can hit us up on email at editor at thelegalwork.com or make sure that you're following us on LinkedIn. Reach out to us there or on our Instagram, all under the legal work. In addition, please make sure that you are subscribed to the blog and make sure that you register to receive the weekly newsletter where we discuss all things that pertain to work, lifestyle, and journey. Make sure that if you enjoy this, you send this to your friends and your 
colleagues, everyone that you stand around the water cooler with so that you guys can discuss this and send those discussions back to us. Also, if there's anyone that you think would be absolutely incredible or whose work, life and journey you admire in the legal industry, let us know. We would love to know them too. And maybe you might hear them on this podcast. Thank you so much and we wish you an amazing week.